Welcome to Dear Runner Bod, the pod dedicated to helping you embrace your runner's body. I'm Serena Moriardi, a registered dietitian and body image coach who wants you to stop dieting and start fueling the athlete within. While I am a medical professional, the information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not meant to diagnose, treat, or cure. Now, let's start rewriting your body's story. Before we dive into today's episode, I have a big favor to ask of you. Please, if you have a moment, leave a review on iTunes. What this is going to do is it is going to allow the podcast to grow and reach more ears. And also, there's something juicy in it for you. Every single week, once you leave a review, you will be entered for the entire lifetime of this podcast in a weekly raffle. I'm going to read through reviews and I'm going to randomly pick one each week. If your podcast review is read on the pod, if it is picked, then you actually are going to have the chance to win a masterclass. You can pick whichever masterclass you want. They all are about a retail value of $97. I have one on body image. I have one on um, meal prepping, and there's many more to come. So you're going to get a free $97 value masterclass simply for just taking a few moments of your time to leave a kind review of Dear Runner Bod, the pod. Thank you so much for helping to support my journey as I help more and more runners learn to love and respect their body. I am so excited for today's guest, Amanda Brooks. Amanda Brooks has become a dear friend of mine, and every time I talk to her, I learn something new. So I am super excited to introduce Amanda to you. Amanda is the author behind the successful running website, runtothefinish.com, and the book, Run to the Finish. Highly recommend you read it, especially if you're struggling in your belief of being a runner. <laughs> That's my own little add-in. She didn't say that. Um, she holds a degree in journalism from the University of Missouri, and she has put that to great use. And she also has lots of certifications. She is a certified running coach with United Endurance Sports Coaching Academy, a certified ultra running coach with United Endurance Sports Coaching Academy, a certified personal trainer with ACE. She has run over 26,000 miles herself. She she has helped over 300 runners in her one-on-one coaching program and coached thousands of runners through her group program. Um, she has written and researched um, over 2,000 articles, and she loves to run. She's always reading, learning, and discovering new things about running. She believes that every runner is different and requires a program designed around their life, their body, and their goals. I cannot wait to dive into today's episode. Hello, we have Amanda Brooks on the podcast, author of Run to the Finish, and probably one of my most favorite people on Instagram. Amanda, say hello to everyone. Hello. You know, I am always super happy to chat with you. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited because um, today we're going to talk about non-PR goals. And this is actually a topic that's like very dear to my heart. And Amanda, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but like 
when I read your book, Run to the Finish, it was during the pandemic and it was during this time of life when you couldn't race anymore. And that was like such a huge part of my identity. And diving into your Run to the Finish online community, reading your book really kept me sane and really helped me like redefine my relationship with running. So I'm like really excited to share this information today on the podcast. I did not know that. And I really love that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like it was, it was really important. It was like an important read for me and I didn't even know it was something I needed at the time. So I'm excited because even though races are back in session, like I think that this conversation today is going to be really important because I know having non-PR goals is now something that I'm going to keep with me for the rest of my life. So before we dive into like what is a non-PR goal, I kind of want to know, Amanda, like What's your story? Did you focus at any point in your running career on those more like PR race goals and then kind of transitioned? Like what's your relationship with setting non-PR goals? That's a great question. I think initially, you know, I started running to do a specific race because why else would you start running 13 miles? (laughs) Only because there is a race at the end. You have no idea what you're doing. So For a few years, I think there was always a race, but saying that, I still only ran one race a year. I ran all 12 months, but the race was a thing, but it just wasn't always the only thing. So I would say even very early on, I realized I was more process focused, and that's probably just a little of my personality. There have certainly been years, I would say earlier on in my running where, man, I wanted that Boston qualifying time, but it wasn't because I actually felt like I needed it. I very much wanted it because I thought it meant something about who I was as a person. (laughs) And because it was early enough in my running career, that was when I've had one of my worst injuries. Basically, I dug myself into a hole with IT band issues. Um, And I couldn't run for six months. So that for me, I think was kind of a turning point very early on where I realized, gosh, no, I really like to run. There is something about the run itself that's important to me. And so now I will every once in a while still set like a goal because I'm just really excited about it but I still don't race very often, um, which I think is unusual for someone 20 years into the sport. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But also at the same time, I think it's like really refreshing because like, I don't know, you're definitely like a very important part of our running community. And so to have you like being on Instagram talking about how this is all about the lifestyle for you and like the process oriented part of your personality, like I just think that's a really important message to be sending because there is so much, so much comparison syndrome, like so much of that comparison game on social media. And I think really kind of sticking with these more like non-PR goals helps to just keep you like a little kinder to yourself, especially if you're like newer on your your running journey. A hundred percent. And we're all going to go through phases of life. We don't like that, that our running is not always consistent or always getting better, but life is going to shift. You're going to move or a new job or family. And so sometimes like just being able to find things that don't have anything to do with a race, but still get you out the door are really helpful. Totally. You know, I actually wrote down a quote from your book because I like love it so much. And I want to just like, 
I think I'm par- like paraphrasing it a little bit, but you said, dream just big enough. With each choice, you're building a body that withstands thousands of miles and a mind that enjoys it without a fixation on your running watch. And that like really stuck with me because I think the fixation on the running watch part is something that is very like that message is everywhere on the internet. But the fact you are also focusing on like that mindset of like having that healthy relationship with running where it's not just about like the speed, the pace, the distance. I think that's like the really like refreshing message that a lot of people really need to hear. Um, Do you agree that kind of having these like non-PR goals help with like the longevity of like sticking with the sport for more than just like one season of training? A hundred percent. I think some of it is it often brings you back to like why you actually started running. And so that's usually not because you had this specific pace that you wanted to hit. Like on day one, you weren't thinking about that. And so the non-PR goals often give you that reminder that, oh, this can be about other things. And then what's always amazing, of course, is when you spend time on some of those non-PR things that then your next race cycle seems to be so much better because you're in a good space and having more fun. Yeah, totally. Like, I I think that's really cool to think about, about how on day one of my running journey – I didn't even know like what like a good quote unquote time was. And I haven't even thought like I haven't even been that person in so long. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I think probably because I write a lot of articles about this, I try to go back to what was it like when I was starting because that's when I wish someone had told me so many things, not now, but like when I was that person. Like what? Like what do you think you wish you had heard then? Yeah, I think I wish I had heard one strength train, man, I wish I had heard that, (laughs) but also just if you're loving it just because you love it, that's enough there. You don't need to have a race or a reason or, you know, those around you are always going to ask, why are you running? Because they want you to have a race. But if you are just enjoying it because you enjoy it, that's the whole story and it's good enough. Yeah, I think that's something like that's like a theme on this podcast is just this constant search for external validation. And I think what you're saying is really focusing on like your own inner voice and like your own inner validation of like, this is good enough. This makes me happy and I have nothing to prove. Yeah. Okay. So what are these non-PR goals that we keep dancing around here? (laughs) There's a ton of different ones that we can kind of look at. And some of it depends on finding your own personal like joy. One that I think often gets overlooked, though, is focusing on spending time with other runners, running with other people. So most of us tend to run solo because it works for our schedule. Um, But that connection while you're running with someone else is huge. And so it's getting over that fear and just saying, I'm going to show up to run club and see if I meet some people. Or I will tell you, most of my run buddies I have met through Instagram. Um, So I kind of got to know who they were. And I thought, that's someone who I can run with and nobody's going to be worried about pace. Like, we're just going to run and whatever pace it is, is fine. So I think that's like just a goal that can boost your happiness because we know that community and connection means a lot. It can also help you to get faster. So when you've been thinking, I do have a goal to get faster, but you're afraid to go to the running groups or do those speed workouts with people, 
just sort of challenging yourself to step into that. Yeah. And I think that's like, you know, I think in adulthood, like the older we get, the harder it is to make friends. Um, yeah. And like, I just moved to a new city, I mean, a year and a half ago, and it's still like very slow going to make friends. So I just think going to run club or like immersing yourself in that community is such a great suggestion because I mean, clearly I'm biased, but I think runners tend to be really nice people. And clearly you have a lot in common with the runners in your run club, your local run club. Yeah, you have an immediate something to talk about. So it's much easier than going to a normal get together where you're like, I don't know what any of these people are about. And if you find one that's not for you, that's okay. Like we all go to a lot of different things in life that are not for us. So don't let one run club scare you off from trying another one. I think that's huge too. Yeah, absolutely. And so, so okay, so community connection, making friends, like this is a great way to kind of shift your focus from looking at the watch and really kind of experience like friendship and community um, as like the purpose of your running. What are some other examples of some non-PR run goals? So another one I think is actually picking out a race that you would never do. So that might be a totally different distance because then you have no expectations. I have not done this, so I cannot chase a PR. I don't know what my body will do. Um, So then you're back to just following that process and kind of the consistent like, okay, I did that. That's interesting. Um, It could be a shorter distance, could be longer, could be an obstacle run or, you know, color run or anything that just sort of forces you to do it in a different way. Um, And I think that also brings into it the secondary piece of, can you do that with friends? So do a Ragnar, like that is a wild experience and you will definitely get to know some runners that way. (laughs) Have you done a Ragnar before? I have done four, maybe five. I don't know. I've done a lot of relay races. Um, they are exhausting for someone who really, really likes to sleep, but they are so much fun. (laughs) Oh my God. I've done two and they're the best memories I have. And I did them both times with people I only like kind of knew. And by the end of it, we had like 6 million inside jokes. Like they're like, oh, like those are people that when I see them, I'm just so excited to like relive the Ragnar relay days. Yes, 100%. You will connect. And there are teams looking for people. So if you're thinking, I don't have enough, Ragnar now usually has a section where you can look, are there teams looking for people? So, And it is fun with people that you don't know because you can get kind of cranky with people you know really well, but you're nice to people that you don't know. And so it works (laughs) out really well. That's actually like a really good trick. (laughs) It's like you'll be on your best behavior. So true. Yes. And then kind of, you know, adjacent to that is also supporting a friend with their race. So can you pace someone for their first ever something or they're trying to hit a goal? And I will say that is probably the most fun I have ever had running a marathon was pacing someone else because it, nothing was about me. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty great in a marathon, actually. (laughs) Like you're just not thinking about doing anything, but how that person is doing um, and kind of keeping them up. And it's a very rewarding way to spend your time and a reason to still train. Yeah, absolutely. So like all of these things are just about, um, it's like connection, community, and like almost like challenging yourself and like 
a different way um, compared to like, again, like we were saying in the beginning, like there's a lot of emphasis on like pace and time. Do you find Amanda? So, so we talk a lot about like the ego, right? Like how the ego is just always constantly like looking for that, like that external validation, like we were just saying. And do you find that it's hard for runners to kind of like enter this new territory where they're maybe leaving their running watch at home or they're not like logging all their runs like do do you find that people like will struggle with like testing this new waters of these like non-pr goals yeah i think initially you're asking your brain to do something different but a lot of the time you've come to this because you're feeling burnt out on running and so there's a piece of you that still wants to run but you're finding that you are not motivated, you're struggling, maybe you've signed up for a race, but even just getting out to do a couple of your runs each week is like, I don't really want to. And so often I think just shifting the focus for a little while gives you that chance to run with freedom. And in that freedom from your watch is often when we get back to, oh yeah, I do really enjoy this. I am actually really excited to chase that PR. But if we never take a break from the chasing, then you're never just enjoying the run because you can. And I think that's the other thing that's really interesting to see is, you know, when we started, for me, a mile was like this massive celebration. I ran a mile without walking. Are you kidding me? And then, you know, a few years in, you're like, oh, I only ran three miles today. And suddenly like you start discounting that you've done something, but you still did three miles, which is incredible. Like, I don't know. I'm still amazed. Like running is not easy. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Like reminding yourself of how far you've come and to like celebrate those small wins. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I love that. And so like when you're shifting your focus to this place where like you have more freedom, it almost is going to allow you like, sure, maybe you're not training as like intensely, but at least you're staying consistent, which is like really, I think one of the themes of your book is just like about sticking with it, like having that consistency and being okay with the fact that like your relationship with running is going to change. Yeah. I mean, we know at the end of the day that Consistency is what's going to get you to the bigger goals, but also that the run is usually bringing us so much. So when we stop to think about like, gosh, I'm more productive. I'm nicer to everyone I meet during the day. Oh, because I ran, I actually made better food choices today because I was already thinking, gosh, I'm so proud of what I did today. Um, When we're in race training, it's often just, I got to get this done. I got to check it off. And then, oh gosh, okay, tomorrow I have to do that. So when you have kind of a pause in that, you do get a moment to come back and say like, oh yeah, that's why I really enjoy this. And that's why it matters so much to me. Yeah, totally. I totally agree with that feeling. And like, I know, like I was saying at the beginning, like I definitely feel like I'm someone who's learning how to be less focused on racing and on PRs. And, you know, I started doing low heart rate training per your recommendation, Amanda, back in 2020. And that was really, really hard. I mean, I failed at it basically, but like it was really fun to try something new and it was really, really hard in a totally different way than trying to PR a race. And that was like a really important lesson for me to learn. Like, oh, running can like 
the only thing worthwhile isn't like this very one like specific way of running and training because this also kicked my butt was really hard for me and it was completely different than anything I've ever done before. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing how hard running easy can be. Yeah. (laughs) Because yes, then we have to do more mindset work around why is it so hard for me to slow down? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think that probably also goes back to like that ego of like wanting to constantly get that external validation. And again, I'm like still working on that over here. Um, But I I don't know, like I guess for somebody who is really struggling with that mindset piece of like not getting that like validation on Strava or like, you know, posting that run on Instagram, like what's a way to like help them like wean off of that, um, that like search for like that external validation? Yeah. I mean, I think at least for me, you can still post say on Instagram that you did a run, but stop including any of the stats. You'll be surprised that the majority of people do not care. Um, If Strava is your thing, and again, I don't use Strava, and that's part of why I was like, oh, I just don't want to be like, hey, here's my stats every day, because then I'm going to be thinking about, hey, here's my stats every day. So you don't have to stop or not track things, but maybe make it private for a little while. Like tell yourself for 30 days, I'm going to make it private and just see like, does that change anything mentally when I know I can go for a run? nobody is going to see the pace. Do I allow myself to better listen to if I'm tired and I don't feel like running six miles, I stop? Or can I slow down because I'm not worried that someone is going to see my average pace and think, gosh, you're too slow? Yeah. What? And so like now, as you're saying that, what about the person who's afraid that if they set that not like they start searching for non-PR goals, they set that race pace day goal aside, that they're going to, you know, not do enough, quote unquote, right? Like that they're afraid that they're not going to show up for themselves if they don't have like Strava holding them accountable. Yeah. I mean, I think then that is coming down to kind of knowing yourself a little bit. So I tend to just be someone who is very internally driven. I don't really need anyone to know my goals, but that is not the majority of people. The majority of people do actually need a little bit of external accountability. So it could be that you think of different ways to find that. So can you say like, I'm just doing 30 days of movement and that way you're not tying yourself to doing a run every day or, Hey, I'm really focused on my strength training this month. So you've told people that's the goal. And then you're still sharing that you're doing it, but you just don't have to share every little detail of it. Um, Or you just find one person to be your accountability partner. Like, hey, I know both of us are trying to get off Strava right now. Or do you want to commit to not doing Strava this month, but at least telling each other that we've gotten this done. Um, So finding maybe those other ways you can look for a little accountability. Yeah, I think that's like a really... I, I think like the the overarching lesson here is that um, whatever you decide to do and like, listen, like we all get to places in like our training cycle where like we're tired, we're ready for race day to come. Like that's a normal part of like training. But like if you're finding day in, day out, like Amanda was saying, like you're feeling burnt out and you're knowing that like starting yet another training cycle, like that grind, just really there's a lot of resistance there or you're resenting it or you don't want to show up for runs like Amanda's saying, like 
you can figure out a gray area. And I think that's so much of like what nutrition is that I'm always saying is like that black and white thinking kills you, right? Like this is bad. This is good. We want to live in the middle. And that's kind of what I'm hearing what like non-PR training is about is like being okay that in some seasons of life, you're going to be in the gray area where like your your goal is like just telling someone I'm going to move for 30 days and keeping it like a little bit less strict and structured. I love that way of phrasing it because it's not that you're never going to have a goal again. And so you don't want to just stop training entirely because that's certainly going to make it 10 times harder when you're ready to go again. So if you can just have, yeah, this shift for a little bit and it's okay if volume decreases or it's okay if intensity decreases, but just kind of making sure you still stay in it because it's that showing up that's going to help you eventually fall back in love with it. You're not going to fall back in love with running by not running, period. Like, so I just didn't run for six months and then I went out and it was the best day ever. No, it's going to be really hard because you didn't run for six months. (laughs) But okay, I took six months because that's what I needed. And I just did easy runs and I went and did fun 5Ks and silly this and silly that. And then, gosh, I went out and had an eight mile run that just shocked the heck out of me. And now I'm really excited to train again. But you only got that eight miles because you kept doing the other little runs. (laughs) Right. You had that consistency. And like, I think this is such a refreshing conversation, even just to admit that sometimes we're not in love with running. Like sometimes like, and like I'm in the same boat as Amanda where I've been running for over 20 years. Like, and I have totally had seasons of life where like, it just does not sound good to me. It does not sound fun. But exactly like you said, Amanda, where like giving myself permission to experiment in the gym or to slow down or to focus on a 5K is how I've kept this consistency over this period of time. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's amazing to see, you do see a lot of people who do one marathon and are done. And I think it is sort of one, we jump into that goal without maybe fully understanding, but then we put so much pressure on that goal too, that yeah, by the time you get there, it's just like, oh, I never want to look at my running shoes again. (laughs) Yes. I've, yes, absolutely. Do you think like, do you think part of this, like keeping like signing up for races after race after race is because of a fear of like not belonging in the running community anymore. Like someone doesn't have permission to call themselves a runner, quote unquote, unless they're like signing up for the marathon. Do you see any of that? Like that fear holding people back? Maybe some. I think it's maybe not coming from inside the running community, but I do think sometimes family and friends and coworkers are like, well, why are you going to spend all that time if you're not training for something. And so it's almost your excuse to have a reason to keep going out there and putting in all these miles because otherwise sometimes they are like, but why? Or a little resentful of the time. I've certainly had some athletes whose families were a little resentful of time, especially during marathon training. And so I think that is some of it. I think there is a huge ego component to finishing that race, right? Mm -hmm. So it's way, way more exciting. You get way, way more likes on Instagram when you finish a race than when you go run that same distance just because you wanted to go for a run. So I think 100% that that feeds into it a little bit. Yeah. I think – so it's so funny because you've been running a long time. So when you started running – 
there was no social media. Yeah. So same here. Like I had the like sports authority, like $5 watch, like, you know, the cotton, like running clothes. And like, I just went and ran with my cross country team and like would go running on the weekends for fun. And so it's really interesting for me, like when I'm working with athletes in the nutrition space for them to be just like so preoccupied with like what other people are thinking of them and their paces and all those likes on Instagram. And I definitely, I know for like my population, at least, I think that plays a role. And I just think it's so important for you to remember to go back to like, is this making you happy? And you're allowed to choose something just because it makes you happy. And I know for for me, like that's what running really is about, is like making myself happy and like unlearning all of the external validation that comes with like running a good time or a fast pace or whatever. Yeah. It's interesting because I have been in this so long. Um, so I am super glad that none of it was around when I ran that first marathon in a cotton t-shirt and mesh basketball shorts. I love that. Um, <laughs> like I had a great finishing time, but I probably would have been less proud of it having compared it to other people. Uh, in that time, I have seen a number of people who were super fast, really amazing runners decide they were done with Instagram entirely because it felt like an ongoing pressure to continually have to be better than they were. Um, and you know what? They're very happy people who still run. They just don't spend any time on social media. They have a running group now um, and that's where they kind of spend their time. So I think that is also a component that can be an issue. We do have community online and it's great to have that. But what if you also had that community in person? And so taking maybe some of that time we spend on Instagram and with those people in person, you're getting more support and a lot less worry about comparison to someone you've never met. Yeah, absolutely. I almost wonder if like, you know, no matter who you are listening to this, I almost feel like it's worthwhile for everyone to take a season where they focus on like a non-PR goal. Um, Because I feel like, first of all, it keeps the relationship fresh. But then also, I feel like it just sounds like from this conversation, there's so much you can learn about yourself, whether it's like, you know, opening your eyes to the fact that like, oh, yeah, you are way too concerned with other people are thinking about, you know, your 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 relationship with movement or whether it's like realizing like, wow, like this is really refreshing to not have to do a track workout, um, whatever it may be. It sounds like there's really something that anyone can learn from taking a season of non PR running goals. A hundred percent. Even if you make your goal instead to focus on strength training, it's not surprising now to me when I see people who have never strength trained and they kind of need a break. So they're doing light running and doing strength training. And then all of a sudden they're like, gosh, I really like strength training. And that is okay too. I think because we own our label of being a runner so much because it means so much to us, we're often afraid to like something else that might take time away from it. So that off season of not having a race and doing something else and then realizing that you do enjoy it can actually be really beneficial because they may play well together or you may just realize that I've had my running season and now it's a fun thing, but I want to do this thing. Yeah. And like, that's an, that's okay. Like permission to do that from Amanda, which like, you know, that's a big deal if Amanda says it's okay. (laughs) But it's also a big deal if you, you yourself feel like it's okay as well. That's probably the more important lesson here. (laughs) 
Um, awesome. So Amanda, you know, I feel like we don't have enough female, females in general, but especially female runners talking about why they love their body, talking about how, why they love their body. So can you share why you love your body? Yeah, I think honestly, if it wasn't for running, I probably wouldn't have a good answer to this. Um, but through running, I really became just so grateful for what my body can do. And it didn't have to do with like a pace or anything. It's just, my goodness, for 20 years, you have let me show up repeatedly just because I wanted to. Um, and so, yeah, I really, I love and appreciate my body for that. Yeah, that's really special. I love that. Um, okay, darling. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I think there was so many juicy aha moments in here. Um, and I'm excited for people to just follow you, get to know you better. So if you want to just share all the things and then we'll make sure to have everything in the show notes for people to click on and find you. Absolutely. So I made it pretty easy. It is runtothefinish.com. It is run to the finish on every social media. Um, we obviously have one-on-one -on -one coaching, but we also have a virtual run club where you can get access to courses like the one I did with Sabrina Marie, um, or just find that community to hold you accountable when you aren't thinking about a specific race. Awesome. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Dear Runner Bot. If you enjoyed what you heard, remember to subscribe and make sure you share today's episode. Also, if you're looking to download a free three-step guide to love your runner spot, then head to serenamarierd.com. Can't wait to chat with you next week.